All right. Well, good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and see what he has for us this morning. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you do for us. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. And Lord, we thank you for family and friends. And Lord, just uh, this is still the season to be thankful. Lord, every day we should give thanks. And Lord, I uh, just pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, that you would give us exactly what we need to hear. That we may be a blessing and encouragement to someone else. Lord, uh, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Speak to our hearts only you can in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty, go ahead and turn to 159. 159. Let's go ahead and stand. Sorry. Turn over to 162. 162.
say hi. <laughs> Go ahead and turn to 170. 170, that beautiful name. Name Jesus, amen?
All right, if my family will come up, we're going to sing a special for you, Born to Die. special there. Thank you for being here this morning. I'm glad to see everyone out. Hope that you've had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving week and uh, hope that you spent some time with family. Hope that you spent some time with the Lord. Hope you spent some time giving thanks to the Lord for all that He's done. He truly has been good to us and uh, I know I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed the goodness of the Lord. This past week we uh, uh, had Lizzie uh, got to come home and spend the week with her and uh, of course that's always an adventure and so uh, glad that she was able to come home. The Bible says bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits and so we need to remember the benefits of the Lord and I also had the opportunity and privilege to preach at my in-laws church uh, Wednesday evening and uh, got to fill the pulpit of one of my heroes Pastor Jerry Ross, and uh, what a wonderful time uh, we had, uh, great service and a great time of, uh, 
uh, fellowship there, and they were such a blessing to me. Um, Pastor Ross has been such a blessing to, uh, to my life and my ministry, and so I uh, thank the Lord for him. As we uh, got to spend some time with Liz this week, I, I Lord just really started dealing with my heart about uh, even this message. And uh, during this time we had uh, that I got to spend with Liz, I, we got in a few discussions, just discussing about life in general and and just uh, uh, future and things such as that. And this this made me very aware that I need to continue to be a godly example. Just because my kids are grown or almost grown uh, doesn't mean that I need to stop uh, being that godly example in their lives. They need to see Christ in me daily. Amen? Uh, and uh, I, I hope that they see Christ living in me. The Bible says this. This is where we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 2. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2. One verse uh, as, as a springboard. But uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 2, I see that uh, here in this verse it says, Ye are epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, give us exactly what we need, need to hear this morning. Lord, pray that uh, you'd save that one that's nearest hell. Do a work in their hearts, I pray. Do a work in my heart. Lord, do a work in each person's heart this, this morning to fill that need, whatever it is. And uh, just make us uh, useful for you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, um, I believe that I'm going to read this one more time. In 2 Corinthians 3, 2, it says, Ye are epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. I, listen, Mom, Dad, whether you like it or not, your children are looking at you. Your children are watching you. They're watching your every move. They're watching your every step. Um, and not only your children, but my children are watching you. And they're watching me. They're watching our steps. They're watching to see if, if this Christian life is true, if it's real. You know, my, uh, uh, I believe that uh, Christian teenagers, your friends are watching you. They want to see if you really are what you say you are. Uh, they're watching your every move. A, a Christian employee, your uh, co-workers and your bosses, uh, they're watching you. They're watching your every move to see if you truly are what you say you are. Listen, church, this world is watching you. They're watching your every move. They're waiting for you to make a mistake. They're waiting for you to, uh, so they can cast lots and they can, uh, they can make fun and, and they can do all kinds of things, say bad things about our Lord. They're watching your every move. The Bible says, ye are epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Known and read of all men. People are watching us. I've said this many times, and uh, uh, that we are the only Bibles that some people read. And it's time that uh, they read Christ in our lives. You know, w w the problem is, is that we want to live so much like the world that people can't see the difference between Christians and the world. And that's a shame. We should there should be a difference. The Bible calls us peculiar people for a reason. Set apart, changed, different. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow, He did also did predestinate to be conformed. Now notice this, to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. The Bible says that the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And I, you've heard me say this before, but that word Christian was intended to be a derogatory name, a, a, a name for the disciples, an insult, saying, hey, look at those little Christians. They, they, they're acting like Christ. And, it's, and it was supposed to be an insult, but I don't find anything insulting about the, uh, someone calling me a Christian, seeing Christ in me. I want people to say, hey, that guy resembles Christ. He, he acts like Christ. To me, that's not an insult. That's a, probably one of the greatest compliments you can give me. See, I hope and pray that when people look at me, they see Jesus. I hope and pray that when my children see me, they see Jesus. I hope and pray that when your children, they see me, I hope they see Jesus. I hope when you see me, they see Jesus. But not only that, I hope when I see you, I see Jesus. It's not just the pastor that need, uh, people need to see Jesus in them, but it's every born-again believer. See, well, they, people need to see Christ in us. I, 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 I'm, it's sad to say that Christ is hard to be seen in many people's lives. I was talking to someone this week about the coming of our Lord, and uh, that's just what came up. And I'm more convinced than ever that it's closer than it ever has been before. Uh, the Bible teaches that no man knoweth the, the, the hour when, the, when Christ will return but the Father. And I believe the Bible gives us some warning signs, some indications, and I see them all over that we're living in the last days. And the Bible says this, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of them own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers, those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and led Captive, silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Folks, that is describing right now. I believe that we're living in the last days, but until he comes, we have to live in this old wicked world. However, we don't have to be like this world. The Bible charges us in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is the will of God? What is it? Uh, everybody's wanting to know, what is the will of God? That we be conformed to the image of His Son. That we are like Jesus. That's God's will. 
One of our responsibilities as Christians is to be like Christ. And to be like Christ, we must possess the same characteristics that he possessed. That's why we're called Christians, because we're supposed to be Christ-like. And I believe the greatest way to show that we are Christians is through our love for the sinners and the saints. The Bible says in Galatians 6.10, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, as we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. God is saying, hey, you're to be good, you're to love, you're to show kindness to all men, especially those of the household of faith. I want to give you four characteristic traits this morning that we need to model in our lives that's seen in Christ. There's multiple more, but I believe there, I picked out four this morning, and I believe it'll be a help to us. You see, someone has said that character is what you do when times are tough. Someone else said his character is what you do when no one else is looking. Someone else has said that you will know someone's true character when they are put through a fire. So we're going to look at the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through his toughest time on this earth. And what was that? Through the cross. Of course, I'm speaking the cross. When he, uh, he had seven sayings on the cross, and I'm going to talk about those sayings. These suffering uh, on the sufferings of, of uh, on the cross there. And I believe we'll have the message. The Bible says in starting off in Matthew twenty seven verse forty six it says this. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, "Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani." That is to say, "My God, My God, why hast thou forsaken me?" This is probably the most devastating, the most the hardest time. Uh, for the Lord. Why? Because God the Father had to turn his back on God the Son. Why? Because he took on the sins of man. Even though this was the darkest hour, notice the character, the character that he held in his integrity. I want you to notice first, notice his compassion. His compassion. Luke 23, 34, another saying says, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. These are the folks that were saying, crucify him, crucify him. These are the folks that were plucking out his beard and they were putting, plotting a, a crown of thorns upon his head and they, uh, they were cursing him and they were mocking him. But notice his love. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Notice the example of love. God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The greatest example of love, the greatest example of compassion was displayed on the cross of Calvary. When Jesus bore the hurt of our sin and debt in his heart. Jesus told his disciples, he says this, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. How is your love one for another? On multiple occasions, the Lord would see an individual or a group of people and, and he would show compassion on him, the Bible says, on them. As children, uh, as Christians, uh, the world needs to see our love, our compassion for them. 
You see, the world, uh, the, the word of God says uh, in Psalms 126, verse 5, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You see, the difference is made when people care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And here's the thing, people aren't dumb. We all know people that are faker than imitation cheese. I mean, we all know them. It's easy to spot people that, are tr- that truly care and have compassion for someone. Compassion is hurting when others hurt. This morning I was told, Brother Jack told me this morning, that his mama's not long for this world. Not much more, the doctor says, nothing really we can do. I seen the hurt in his eyes. Although we know that she's going to a better place, she's a saved woman, and that this isn't goodbye, my heart hurts for him. I don't know his mom. I've met her a couple times. I don't know. But my, I hurt because he hurts. Why? Because compassion, love one for another. Folks, we hurt when other people's hurt. Why? Because we care. That shows our compassion. That's a, that's a characteristic that God has, that He has love one for another. As Christians, we should hurt when others hurt. The Bible says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Jude 20 uh, and through 23, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some having compassion, making a difference. Notice his encouragement, not only his example of love, but also notice his encouragement to love. God says, have compassion. Being that loving, caring person. Compassion breaks down barriers that nothing else can. Many people have had their hard hearts broken because of compassion. I've been talking to a guy for several weeks now, and I, I, I'm seeing some walls coming down, and, and, and it does make a difference, folks. Did you know that we are commanded to care? 1 John 3, 16, Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath the world's good and seeth his brother have need and shut up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth love in, of, of God in him? My little children, let us not love the word, love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Think about your Christian life. What type of person was it that made a difference in your life? In my life, it was, it was people that cared. People that showed compassion. Let me tell you, being compassionate sometimes costs. It sometimes costs. It costs you your already busy time out of your already busy schedule. Does anybody have a whole lot of time left on I mean, just got all kinds of time... No, we don't. But you know what? You, when you show compassion, when you take time out of your busy schedule, you're showing compassion. I can remember 
just being a little boy, and you've heard me say this before, but Pauline and Cecil Bush, they, they had to be 150 years old. I mean, I, I don't know how old they were, but they were old. I was only like six or seven, but to me, they were old. They're probably really around the 70s or 80s, but as a six-year-old, you're thinking these people are, they're, they're old. Did I mention how old? No, let me go on. But these folks, they cared enough for me. And I was just a, just an honorary little boy. And they cared enough to spend, take 15, go 15 miles out of their way to come pick me up to go to church on Sunday mornings. They did that. They showed, they did that week after week after week after week after week for years. It cost them their time. They invested time in me. But it also cost them some treasure. Because the reason I went to church with them was because they would take me and get me an ice cream cone and a sandwich afterwards. What I didn't realize was these folks saved up their money. They were poor. They saved up their money so they could take this boy to church and buy him an ice cream cone and a sandwich after church. That made a difference in my life. So many people are worried about being inconvenienced with their time and their money. But folks, what does that matter? What does that, what does that matter in the grand scheme of things? What does money and time really matter? Compassion is something we do, not just something we say. God gave us a command to care when he says have compassion. Number one, notice his compassion, but notice number two, his commission. There in Luke 23, another saying, verse 43, it says, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The whole reason, we sang about it this morning, Brother Dave, the whole reason he came was to die for sin. Sinners like you and me. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In the ninth chapter of Mark, our Lord had been on the, the Mount of Transfiguration with the three of his disciples. And as they come back down uh, to the valley, they met the other disciples. And there was a, a confrontation with uh, the religious group there. And a great controversy brewed up because a man had brought his son to be healed and the disciples couldn't heal him. And when they could not heal him, the leaders that were against Christ were ridiculing him and his disciples because of their inability to, heal the, to help this man. This man asked Jesus to have compassion on them. And why was that? Because any time someone you love is hurting, you hurt with them. And you want, to have, you want someone, you want something to, to make the difference in their lives. Can I tell you, the world is crying for someone to show them the way. We must reach the lost now. We must be about the Father's business. The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God has put in our hands... And in our hearts, the ability to make a difference in people's lives. 
Maybe the reason we do not make the difference that we should is because we are not obeying the commission. To go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That is not a suggestion, but it's a command. We need to pray and ask God every day for wisdom and a burden for the lost. Let me ask you, you search your own heart. When's the last time you wept over a soul? This could, be, this could be a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad, a family member, a friend, a co-worker. When's the last time that you actually broke down and said, Lord, would you save that person, God? They're on their way to hell and they, they need you. When's the last time that you showed that kind of compassion? Maybe they don't see him, but God sees your heart. See, the person that will make a difference in your friend's life or in your child's life or in your neighbor's life or your grocery clerk's life is the one that has compassion and follows the commission to go. You can have compassion, but if you don't follow the commission, it'll never get done. Then notice number three, notice his concentration. Look there in verse John 19, 28. You don't have to look there, but the Bible says this. And this... Jesus, knowing that all these things were accomplished, that the scripture might be filled, saith this, saith this, I thirst. He was focused on fulfilling what he was called to do. Notice it says, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled. We must remember that he knew what he was going to do, and no man took his life, he gave his life freely. The Bible says this in Luke 24, 42, another saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. His focus was not on the things of this world, but on heavenly things. His goal was to be pleasing to the Father and fulfill salvation's plan. The Bible says, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. The problem is that too many people have too much love for this old world. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Set your affections on things above. I want to see him. I'm longing for the time that I can see my Savior, the one who died for my sins. I'm looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice his compassion, his commission, his concentration. Fourthly, notice his completion. Notice his completion. In John 19.30, when Jesus therefore had uh, received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Luke 23.46 says this, "And And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. He completed the task that God purposed him to do. He completed God's plan for his earthly life. One day this battle will all be over. I'm looking forward to the day that I can say I've fought a good fight, 
I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. The Bible says, In a moment in twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the, the trump of shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. To be like Christ, we must emulate His compassion, His commission, His concentration, and His completion. See, folks, it isn't over and you take, until you take that last breath. I don't believe just because we get old, we should stop fighting the fight. Heard me talk about Caleb last week or the week before. I can't remember about, give me this mountain. Hey, Caleb was 85 years old, but he says, you know what? I'm strong as the day I was when I was fighting. Folks, I don't care how young or old you are. Don't stop the fight. Keep on, keep on keeping on until that final day when you can say, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. God has a fight and a course for each one of us. Finish it well. So we can hear those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let me say this. He makes a difference in people's lives. Let me ask you, are you making a difference in people's lives? The more time we spend with the Lord, the more we are going to be like Him. I believe we are failing because of a lack of time with the Lord. His passion becomes our passion only as we follow Him. You see, it's impossible to care for the lost like He does unless we follow Him. I wonder, are we close enough to, to Christ to care? I wonder, am I making a difference in the world today? You see, salvation makes a difference. Witnessing and winning people to Christ makes a difference. Everywhere the Lord went, He made a difference in people's lives. I want to be like Him. I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to encourage you this morning to make a commitment that you're going to make a difference in people's lives. And some having compassion, making a difference. What a joy it is to be used by God. May we allow the love of Christ to conquer our fears and that His love will be truly seen in our lives and make a difference. You hear this morning, you say, Pastor, I don't even know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. I've got some questions, I've got some doubts. I just don't know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, would you pray for me? Anyone like that? Pastor, please pray for me. Anyone? Just no one else looking around, just you being honest. I just don't know for sure that I'm saved. All right, maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved. But I haven't had the compassion that I should for the lost. Pastor, pray for me. I need to have more of a compassion. I need to have more of a compassion for the lost. Would you signify by raising your hand? Yes, hands across the room, yes. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm not like I'm not doing what I should. There's some things in my life that's just not right. God knows it. I know it. I need to draw nigh to God. I need to get closer to God. Pastor, pray for me. Maybe someone like that. Yes. Yes. We're gonna have an invitation time. 
As God has spoke to your heart this morning, I just ask that you would be tender enough to listen and obey to how God speaks to you this morning. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, thank you for the fine, the wonderful example of your compassion, your love toward us. Lord, thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, thank you for making a difference in my life. Thank you for using the folks that have made a difference in my life. Lord, I ask this morning that if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray today will be the day of salvation. Lord, for those that raise their hands saying that they need to have more of a compassion, they need to have more of a love for the lost, Lord, I pray that you would give them that burden, give them that love that they need. Lord, maybe there may be some in here that don't have the love for their, their, their brethren like they should. God, give us a love for one another. Lord, you set the example as you washed the disciples' feet, as you, as you laid down your life on the cross for my sins and for the sins of the world. Lord, I pray that if there's one here that isn't living for you like they should, Lord, that they would come to an altar. Lord, that they would seek you right now. Lord, and turn from their wicked ways. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. I'll, I'll give you all the praise and glory and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? As God has spoke to your heart this morning, I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. You can always pray at your seat. Sometimes there's just a, something about coming to the altar, making that commitment to God. God, give me a passion for souls. Give me a love for one another. That I would love my brethren like I should. Thank you so much for your attention. You may be seated. We appreciate you being here again this morning. I want to give you just a few announcements as the men come prepared for our, our offering. I want to remind you of a couple things that there's a dress rehearsal right after our second service. We're going to have a short second service this morning. And uh, so it'll be a dress rehearsal, basically just getting uh, your outfits if you're involved with Back to Bethlehem. And then next, this coming Friday, this coming Friday, it's hard to believe, but this Friday is our Back to Bethlehem. And uh, please make sure you, you're praying for it right now. Pray for our Back to Bethlehem. Then also there's a sign-up sheet on the back table for if you could help us out with getting hot dogs or uh, hot dog buns, cookies. There's all kinds of sign-up uh, things to sign up for back there. If you could be a help and a blessing, we do appreciate that. And then on the 29th of December, we'll be uh, doing the Lord's Supper. want to just remind you of that. Happy anniversary to Brother Danny and Miss Melinda Lovejoy. Appreciate them and their, their uh, love for the Lord. And then also our Mission of the Week, uh, Brother Harlan and Miss Vicki Barnett. Our Deacon of the Week, Brother Travis Ivers. Our Family of the Week is the Lovejoy family. And then our Trusted Week, Brother Tim Watson. Please remember these folks in your prayers, if you would, please. All right. Brother Caleb, sir, would you please ask the blessing? Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here this morning. 
ask that during this time of offering, you uh, just help us to have glad and cheerful hearts. And Lord, we just ask that you take the offering, make it sufficient for the need so that your work can be done here on this earth. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's all stand. We'll close in word of prayer. Thank you again for being here. We'll take a five-minute break, and we're going to get out of here early today. So uh, take a five-minute break, and we'll come back for our afternoon service. Let's pray. Um, Brother Greg, sir, would you close us? Second service, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name.